This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. 22 minutes past 11. Let's go straight to it with the leader of the Democratic Alliance, John Steen Hayes. And John, good morning and welcome to Power Talk. Uh, good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. Uh, great to be with you again, Lakona. Always a pleasure, John. One, I think we can agree that uh, a country cannot see such great public unrest and then there's discord within the security cluster. It inspires no confidence whatsoever to the public. Absolutely not. And I think that there's a, a wide variety of political ideologies, but I think all of them agree on one thing, and that's the state's primary duty is to keep its citizens safe. None of the other rights or responsibilities enshrined in the Constitution are attainable if people are not kept safe. And so I think many people are feeling afraid and very vulnerable um, after what's happened in the last fortnight in South Africa, the violence, the lawlessness and the looting, uh, and are, are rightly asking questions. And I think that when you have a state security cluster that cannot get its story straight, uh, that cannot come up with a coherent answer, and where they're tossing the ball between each other, I don't think that inspires confidence. And I think it's time now for the president to step in and and show leadership. And I suppose, John, I mean, uh, the president characterizing this in the very strongest terms, whether one disagrees or agrees with him, those are the words that he used, uh, alluding to a failed insurrection, addressing the nation flanked by, you know, the army general and the commissioner of police. That was quite a huge statement he was making. And I guess that is why you now want to say, look, we've got to understand whether you are telling the truth to the nation when you say there was a failed insurrection or not, because that's what an intelligence report would be able to do for you. Absolutely. And I think it would, it would bring to an end the ongoing speculation, accusations and finger pointing that we have going on within the security cluster. I think it's much like any, uh, any uh, you know, major thing. You need to know what did you know, when did you know it, and most importantly, what did you do with it once you knew, knew what was going to happen? Uh, if Minister Clearly got that report and didn't act on it, then he's got a culpability. If the police commissioner got that report and didn't act on it, then he's got culpability. If the state security minister got that report and didn't hand it on or didn't pass it on, or there was no report in the first place, then she's got culpability. But we need to know this, and I think we're entitled to know it in a democratic society. I think that you as the media, us as the opposition, but most importantly the citizens of the country, mm. to be able to make an informed decision, need to know the truth. Uh, we're not in, a, you know, in an, an absolute dictatorship here. We're a constitutional democracy, and that's why I fundamentally disagree with the acting minister and the presidency when she says it's not in the public interest to know what was in that report. I think it's absolutely in the public interest to know who knew what, when did they know it, and what did they do about it. And I suppose uh, some of us, uh, John, uh, who fought against the what we deemed the secrecy bill might say, thank goodness it is not in effect uh, in its form because you are now going to use other uh, legislative provisions such as the Promotion of Access to Information Act as a way of getting this report. We know that an intelligence report of that nature would have some classification of you know, a secrecy or, 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 or confidentiality or to that nature. Uh, are you hoping that you are going to be successful in the first instance to the department or you will have to go to court? Well, I hope we're going to be successful. Uh, I think it's in the department's interest, particularly state security, to, to, do, to, to release the report. I think it's in the president's interest because, you know, if it backs up what he's saying, then you know, it, it'll strengthen his hand. Um, but, you know, I, I really do believe that it is in the public interest that that, is, that, is, that report is released. I think the threat is passed of 
the looting in KwaZulu-Natal and Cloud mm-hmm. 10, that the reports are still to be dealt with. There may be parts that may be, need to be redacted, but surely those parts that related to what was known was going to happen in Durban and uh, KwaZulu-Natal and Cloud 10, uh, that threat has long since passed now. And I think that you know, we need to move now to accountability. So I said to the president at the time in the engagement I had with them, when, as party leaders, I said, look, I'm very angry and cross about some of the failures, but then wasn't the time to deal with them. We can deal with accountability later. We needed to stabilize the situation. But I believe that now we're approaching the time for accountability and transparency. And I think this, the people of South Africa are entitled to answers in this regard. And I mean, John, uh, talking about those issues in terms of the public being entitled, we know that those who are in power may not always uh, believe that is the case. And I think that's why you are now also in Parliament. We are seeing that there might be a process. Um, do you think it will be easier through that process to get a report of this nature, the process, the parliamentary process that would want to uh, investigate to some degree uh, what led to the unrest that we saw? Absolutely, in, in the ideal world, that would be the case. But sadly, Parliament let itself down again in this. Uh, in the fact that we have not recalled Parliament yet, uh, I would struggle to find uh, what would be a qualifying reason, other than the events of the last fortnight, to recall Parliament. This mm. is a time for people to be sitting around a table, putting their heads together and, and finding a way through this crisis. It's unfathomable to me that the Speaker won't, won't recall Parliament. I certainly think a parliamentary probe would yield a lot more than a public protector's probe. We see some people are threatening to go to the public mm. protector and try and get her to probe. I think that's bedeviled with all sorts of politics. I think that is, it is the right arena for Parliament to, to probe this. Ministers are accountable to Parliament, that the President is accountable to Parliament. And that's why I, I was very impressed with Speaker Modise's appearance before the Zonda Commission and the Mayor Culpa that she delivered on behalf yeah. of Parliament over the state capture problem. But we're repeating those same mistakes all over again by putting our head in the sand when those heads should be around the table. John, just here on the line, I've got Nina. Nina, good morning. Hi, good morning to both of you. Um, look, the question that I have for, for John is really about how it works in terms of the security cluster. I would imagine in a democracy or in parliament, if there was a threat, in fact, the official opposition would be aware of that as well. In other words, they would be part of the security cluster. So I would like to understand if we are actually talking about parliament or if we are talking about the ANC ruling parliament. If that is true, then one has to rediscuss what we understand by a democracy. Okay. The second thing is once, sorry, I just want to add this. Once the DA saw on the first day the problematics, and as I've mentioned, the police army should have been called in, what, what handle did they have to engage in a discussion so that things could have happened faster? Okay, Thanks Nina, so much. thank you thank so you. much. John, I remember one of your EFF colleagues uh, during a budget vote of the state security uh, department saying that we are here voting for something that we don't even know where the money goes mm. because as the parliamentarians, you don't feel that on matters of intelligence you are briefed enough. Well, absolutely. I mean, and that is the broader problem, and I've set it out in a, in a piece that I've written today, uh, that the broader problem actually lies in oversight of the security services in South Africa. Uh, despite the Mufamadi report, despite several failings, despite a number of complaints I've lodged with the Inspector General of Intelligence, we have one of the most clandestine oversight models uh, where everything is done in secrecy. And this is, uh, it, it's, not the, it's, not, it's not the trend around the world. Uh, the caller that you just, that's just phoned in, Nina, makes a good point. And in other countries, the leader of the opposition is given the security briefing 
uh, similar to uh, the president of, of the country or the prime mm. minister. And, and that's done for good reason. Uh, the, uh, the other point that she makes, and I think that it's a separation issue, the security cluster is the executive. Parliament is the legislature. Yeah. So the, the leg, it's the duty of the legislature to hold the executive accountable, and that's what Parliament must do. Uh, but it is very difficult in the current setup because when you ask questions as, as the opposition, uh, you get told by the minister it's uh, not in the interest of national security to give you the answers. So they've got multi-billion rand budgets, which they never have to account for. Um, the Auditor General has very limited oversight over what they do, which is why if you read the president's keepers, Billions of rands were able to be siphoned off to create a sort of a parallel state. I suppose, um, John. I, I suppose, John. Before I let you go, you are trying to say it's even difficult for you to gauge whether or not the deployment of the soldiers at the scale to which we saw is justifiable or not, because you've got no factual basis to hold the executive accountable upon. Well, the, I'm getting to that on the second question of Nina. What did you, what did we do? Well, I got on an aeroplane and went there immediately. I was there by eight o'clock on Tuesday morning. I was on the ground in KZN, and I think that if more ministers and more uh, uh, officials had done that, mm. they would have got a better handle on the situation. And that's why I was able to give the president a comprehensive nine-point plan by the time we had our meeting, say to him, this is the nine things you need to do to, to stabilize. And it's about being on the ground and seeing for yourself and doing that. And I, I think that when we have crises like this in the future, I think the sooner the decision makers can get their boots on the ground and walk uh, where, where, where the trouble is, uh, you get a better handle and understanding on it. I, when I was sitting in, in Cape Town on Monday and events were unfolding, I couldn't believe it. It was only when okay. I got boots on the ground in Durban that, that you started to appreciate it. Okay, John, let's leave it there this morning before I get in great. trouble with news, but thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Lacorna. Have a great day. All Bye. right, John Steenhazen, leader of the DA. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.